From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome once again to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will continue this series of studies in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of the great 19th century English preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Our text for today is found in Genesis chapter 49 and verse 24. His bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. That strength which God gives to his Josephs is real strength. It is not a boasted valor, a fiction, a thing of which men talk, but which ends in smoke. It is true divine strength. Why does Joseph stand against temptation? Because God gives him aid. There is not we can do without the power of God. All true strength comes from the mighty God of Jacob. Notice in what a blessedly familiar way God gives this strength to Joseph. The arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Thus God is represented as putting his hands upon Joseph's hands, placing his arms on Joseph's arms. Like as a father teaches his children, so the Lord teaches them that fear him. He puts his arms upon them. Marvelous condescension! God Almighty, eternal, omnipotent, stoops from his throne and lays his hand upon the child's hand, stretching his arm upon the arm of Joseph, that he may be made strong. This strength was also covenant strength, for it is ascribed to the mighty God of Jacob. Now wherever you read of the God of Jacob in the Bible, you should remember the covenant with Jacob. Christians love to think of God's covenant, all the power, all the grace, all the blessings, all the mercies, all the comforts, all the things we have flow to us from the wellhead through the covenant. If there were no covenant, then we should fail indeed. For all grace proceeds from it as light and heat from the sun. No angels ascend or descend, save upon that ladder which Jacob saw, at the top of which stood a covenant God. Christian, it may be that the archers have sorely grieved you and shot at you and wounded you, but still your bow abides in strength. Be sure, then, to ascribe all the glory to Jacob's God.
Down through the centuries there have been remarkable visitations of God, during which thousands were gloriously saved. Times such as the Protestant Reformation, the revivals in England under John Wesley and George Whitfield, the Great Awakening in America associated with Jonathan Edwards, were times of genuine spiritual revival. The common factor in all of these events was an undeniable demonstration of the power of God rather than the ingenuity of man. In the early 1950s, such a revival occurred on the Isle of Lewis, one of the Hebrides off the west coast of Scotland. In the course of several years, hundreds of people were converted to Christ, and many churches were built to take care of them. Again, the Holy Spirit of God came down in power. The preacher during those days was the Reverend Duncan Campbell. Yet what took place on Lewis was not due to his pulpit skills, but to the overwhelming moving of God among the people. Strong men, hardened sinners who mocked the preacher, were suddenly struck to their knees by the roadside under conviction of sin. Young people in a local dance hall left their frivolity and ran to the churches, crying for mercy upon their souls. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to make available CD copies of what happened during those revival times on the Isle of Lewis, including Duncan Campbell's own account of that, as well as personal testimonies of people who came to salvation in Jesus Christ during those revival times. To obtain your own copies of what happened at that time, just request the CDs of the Revival on the Isle of Lewis. You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or if you wish, you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. You will be blessed greatly as you listen to these accounts of the power of God at work. On this edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns will bring the final portion of a message called The Christ of the Second Touch. The passage under consideration is Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 26, the account of Jesus healing a blind man. This miracle was unique in that it was progressive, the only recorded instance of such a healing in the Scriptures. 
Dr. Cairns will show how the Lord used this method to demonstrate spiritual truths. It was a means by which Christ gave the disciples a new view of Him. It also reminds us of the truth Paul expressed in Philippians 1 verse 6, that Christ will complete what He has begun in the lives of His people. There is encouragement here to seek for the fullness that is in Christ, rather than being satisfied with just the blessings He gives. By way of warning, Dr. Cairns points out where the miracle took place, the city of Bethsaida, a place upon which he pronounced woe because they despised him. How we need to heed the dealings of Christ in our lives. Now here is Dr. Cairns to conclude this message, the Christ of the second touch. We have a Christ who knows all about burdens. We often sing, O Christ, what burdens bow thy head. And it's true. We have a Christ who knows all about tears and sorrow and anguish and heartache, disappointment, betrayal. He knows all about it. We have a Christ who has been touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In all points tempted, just as we are apart from inbred sin. When you're burdened, let me remind you the old hymn, Burdens are lifted at Calvary. There's a touch from Christ for every burdened heart today. Cast your burden upon the Lord. That's the command. Bring the complaint to Him. I often come to the 42nd Psalm and I tell the Lord quite openly, David cried, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you feeling so burdened? And I tell the Lord why I feel so burdened. Lord, here's the reason. Now, either the Lord will take the burden away, or if it's not his will to remove the burden, then he'll give the increase of strength to bear it by giving us sight of Christ that will make us understand that no matter about the trials or the troubles and the tribulations of this life, they do not change one iota of the everlasting counsel of God, of the glorious truth of the gospel, of the commitment of Christ to his people, or of the fact that he will bring us safely home. He will be glorified, either in lifting us out of the evil, the calamity, You find that in Hebrews chapter 11. He did it again and again for some people. Or he may be glorified in strengthening us to bear the otherwise unbearable and bear a good testimony in doing so. And he did that for more of equally good people as recorded in Hebrews chapter 11. He touches the burdened to give them strength. Perhaps one of the darkest times in life is the time of bereavement. Mary and Martha felt that. They felt that the Lord had let them down. Oh, they wouldn't put it in those words, but do you hear the first thing each of them said when Jesus came after the death of Lazarus? Lord, if thou hadst been here. But you weren't. How often, whether in burdens or in the passing of a loved one, 
Christians feel the same thing. Oh, the Lord promised to be here if only he had been here. But the Lord knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was more aware of Lazarus and his condition than Mary and Martha ever were, even though they were standing by his bed until he died. He came to the bereaved and he gave them the second touch. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? This is what the Lord was teaching them by that second touch. And so effective was it that Martha, whom many commentators sort of dismiss as being the less spiritual of the women, It was Martha who said, I believe that thou art the Christ. Thou canst do anything. I believe that even now you can raise Lazarus. I believe indeed. I believe indeed that we will all rise in the resurrection. She had a great faith, actually. Stirred by the touch of Christ to the bereaved. But in actual fact, perhaps those who must most need the touch, the great majority of the people of God who would have to be counted the blessed, and yet they need more than blessing, they need fullness. I think of that wonderful text in the 68th Psalm, that the Lord daily loadeth us with benefits or blessings. He loads us with benefits or blessings. In other words, there is a fullness we need to proceed to. This was the great theme of the ministry of Jordan Kahn, whom I have often spoken to you about, a great Indian evangelist who came to Northern Ireland, to whose ministry under God I owe a lot for anything God has ever done in me or through me. This was his theme. You'll find it again and again in Scripture. There is life. Then there is more abundant life. There is an experience of blessing, and then there is the fullness of that experience. And I fear that many of us are content with blessing when we need the second touch and live in the fullness of Christ. Remember that great prayer that we're taught to pray in Ephesians 3.19? Pray that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now let's be honest, what do we know of it? What do we know of it? And let's quit all the excuses and the self-serving, self-justifying arguments. What do we know of the fullness of God? Could it be we need that second touch? You see, the Lord Jesus has always more to give us. Doesn't matter how experienced you are, there are greater experiences. No matter how much you have received, there's better on before. God never expects us individually or as a church to live in the past. 
uh, it's a, I suppose, a mark of old age that we always talk about the good old days. It doesn't matter what generation, the old people always tell you it was better in our day. And I suppose I'm no different than anybody else. But the truth of the matter is that we may learn from the past, but we're not supposed to live in the past. The Lord has more to give us than we have ever dreamed possible. This is something I would like this church to get as a vision, whatever the Lord has done in the free church in the past. And I thank God to have been privileged to be there to see him do many wonderful things. Yet the future is brighter than the past. The promises of God are for fullness far beyond anything we've ever known. He has always more to give us. We are not those who have already apprehended or were already perfect. There's better on before. As we finish, there's one thing about this whole passage that I want to apply to your hearts. Thus far, I've been using the miracle to show the, the sovereign grace of Christ in saving and then maturing and blessing and touching and leading and satisfying his people. But there's a sobering aspect to the whole story that gives a, a note of warning to every Christ rejecter. I want you to watch it carefully. Verse 22, he cometh to Bethsaida. This unique miracle was done in Bethsaida. And I want you to learn something from this, something that I hope you'll never forget. If you're not saved this morning, I hope that this will strike your heart and your conscience that the Lord Jesus Christ will hold all men responsible for how they respond to the grace and power that he allows them to witness or to experience. Bethsaida saw this miracle. Remember then what Jesus said. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. He was damning Bethsaida to the deepest recesses of an eternal hell, deeper down than Sodom and Gomorrah, deeper down than Tyre and Sidon. Why? Sodom and Gomorrah had rejected the message of God through Lot. Tyre and Sidon had turned a deaf ear to the word of the Israelite prophets. But Bethsaida had seen the grace of God and rejected it. I would say this to you. Have you ever felt the convicting grace of the Holy Spirit and ignored it? Has there ever been a time when God came and let you know what it was to be convicted of your sin and made to feel your need of Christ? Has God never brought to your heart that promise, repent, and you'll be converted, only to have you ignore it? Today, if I could reuse the phrase, perhaps he gives you a second touch of conviction before it's too late. You've seen God's grace at work in others. You've seen the blind spiritually receive their sight, the filthy be made clean, the ungodly be made godly. Perhaps you've despised it. Be very careful. Listen very carefully now. 
the world and sinners in it may make very light of the evidences of God's saving grace in Christ that are all around them. There's a day coming when you're going to stand before God and he will make you relive every one of them. It's not Bethsaida to whom Christ speaks this morning. It's you. It's you. If you're not saved, trifle not with the gospel of saving grace, lest it become a witness for the prosecution to bring you to eternal damnation. If you're a backslider, or burdened, brokenhearted, if you're a babe who should now be a man, you need the touch of the living Christ. Thank God he who touched the eyes of the blind man the second time has the second touch you need today. Flee to him with all your need, just as I am, O Lamb of God, I come. Or as Jeremiah put it, Behold, we come to thee, for thou art the Lord our God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's all pray. Father in heaven, how we thank thee for the Christ of the second touch. How we thank thee for one who is constant in his love. Thy word says, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. We thank thee, our God, for him who completes what he's begun. Lord Jesus, we pray, continue and bring to completion the work of grace in all our hearts. Bring the work of conviction to a work of salvation in those who have come here without Christ. May they not make the foolish mistakes of the people of Bethsaida. Lord, we pray that solemnly thou wilt grip the hearts of men and women and young people out of Christ. Oh, Lord, what a tragedy to be out of Christ, out of Christ without a Savior, with no hope or refuge nigh. Can it be, oh, blessed Savior, that one without thee dares to die? God, have mercy and bring the work of conviction to fruition in the salvation of souls. We pray, our God, that thou wilt bring the work of grace to fullness in the lives of thy people. Forgive us for remaining babes beyond the due age. Forgive us for our backsliding. Lord, forgive us for holding on to our burdens and allowing them to keep us from Christ. In all the dark passages of life, we would come to thee. And even, Lord, with all the blessings thou hast given us, we would come to thee and pray, Lord, touch us again. Lord, touch me again. Lord, touch this church again. Let us see thee as thou art. Love thee as we ought. Let us see men not as trees walking, but as they really are in the sight of a holy God. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, touch us again. Revive our love for Christ. Revive our love for the place of prayer. Revive our love for the Word of God. Revive our passion for the souls of men. Gracious God, touch us again. And may we be filled 
with all the fullness of God, in whose name we pray. Amen. Listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 